Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have a double dose of Dr. Double dose of Chris Bergwald. Um, he is going to be with us for our interview uh, portion of the show to talk about why only men can be priests. Mm-hmm. This is sometimes a hot topic, mm-hmm. so we thought we would address it. Yep. And uh, he does a good job. Thanks. Of course, we've already done that part. We are, we are, and as you'll see, there are some really uh, interesting uh, points that yes. we just have time to unpack. Yeah, yeah. Maybe another Catholic Views or an episode right, of Ignition. Yes, yes. So right. Dr. B, of course, is back in here to do Biblical Bites no, with I'm in Dr. Here B. And I will be back to do the interview. Right. Yeah. True. So anyway. <laughs> it's so confusing. We always record the interview first and then Biblical right. Bites. So, so we record the sense. second part and then the first. Exactly. It's backwards. It's backwards. Uh, no comment. Uh, <laughs> Renee, what's today? In the wait, oh. wait, wait, Casey. Oh yeah, ask Casey. What's today I like that better. In uh, the uh, what's this? Metho- what's this Sunday? What Sunday is today? Fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> Renee, I am not the only. I don't know. <laughs> you know she, just, she doesn't even try. Twelve. Twelve. Thirteen. Eighteen. Twenty-six. It's the thirteenth Sunday in ordinary time. Oh. No. So a few weeks back we had Pentecost. Yeah. And the following Sunday we had Corpus Christi. Trinity, Trinity, sorry, Trinity Sunday. <laughs> and then we had <laughs> Corpus Christi. So now, but those were the weeks of ordinary. So after Pentecost, we started right. the weeks of ordinary time. So right. it's been the weeks of ordinary time, but we've still had these great solemnities on um, It's so on confusing. Sunday. So okay. now so it's If 30. you're not looking every week like a Dr. B is. So can I, just, okay, we're going to get to the first reading is what, what I want to talk okay. about today. But, but I do have to share this cool piece of liturgical trivia from this last weekend, from this okay. last week. So Friday, as in, so if folks are listening to this on Sunday, this past Friday, two days ago, was the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. Oh, yes. So the Solemnity of the Most Sacred Heart of Jesus always falls the Friday after Corpus Christi Sunday. Yeah, 19 days. The way I, heard, I heard something like 19 days after Pentecost. Is that right? Uh, That's what yes. I heard on the radio yes, this yes, morning? Yes. Okay. 19 days after Pentecost, you always have Corpus Christi Sunday. Yeah. Well, and, and that can move around because Pentecost moves based on Easter. Right. So which Friday of June, uh, the Sacred Heart, potentially even July maybe, will fall on is going to vary. Mm-hmm. This year it was on the 24th right. of June. But every June 24th, and of course June 24th, the date can shift from the day of the week. But oh, do right. you know what June 24th is, Renee? No. Well, that means you haven't Katie? yet listened to the uh, unpublished episode of Ignition. Oh, so Casey knows. Wait, yes. What is it? It's the nativity of St. John the Baptist. It's the birth of St. John the Baptist. I thought that was today. That's what Father Scott said this morning. Did it's he lie tw- to me? Uh, What's today? Uh, so here's oh, the, so here's the thing. It. Here's the thing. So when the Sacred Heart and the birth of John the Baptist fall on the same Friday, uh-huh. which rarely happens, because again, which Friday the Sacred Heart's going to that can move, and the twenty mm-hmm. fourth moves the day. But we had the, a perfect storm, <laughs> a perfect liturgical a perfect storm, storm. <laughs> where the birth of John the Baptist fell the twenty fourth of June fell on the Friday, which belonged to the Sacred Heart. So Jesus elbowed his cousin. <laughs> Back a day, that, John not- could say, "Well, I'm I was the firstborn, so I should go first. So that so we celebrated the feast of Saint John the Baptist. We're recording today mm-hmm. uh, is Thursday, June twenty third, right. and so today we celebrated the solemnity of the Nativity right. of John the Baptist. Right, that's just so cool. That's so fun. <clears throat> the first reading at Mass today <laughs> is from the first book of Kings, where Elijah chooses Elisha as his successor, okay? and makes all. 
succeeding readings confusing. And Ma- Elijah and Alicia. <laughs> Wait, who's, what's going on? So we have, just because of the time left, I want to jump right to it. Um, Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak over to him. That's over Alicia. Alicia, who was plowing with 12 yokes of oxen, um, left the oxen right after Elijah said, please let me kiss my father and mother. Goodbye. I will follow you. Elijah answered, go back. I have none to do. Have have I done anything to you? Alicia left him and taking the yoke of oxen slaughtered them. He used the plowing equipment for fuel to boil their flesh and gave it to his people to eat. Then Alicia left and followed Elijah as his attendant. Those poor oxen. What did they? I mean, somebody else could have used those oxen. Well, and they need them to plow. Don't and they? the plow, he burned the plow. Yeah. He, he slaughtered. What the heck are you doing, Alicia? I'd be kind of ticked off at Alicia right now. <laughs> Think about his parents. Like, <laughs> oh, thanks a lot, son. <laughs> What's going on there? He's committed. Mm. I am all in to following Elijah. I, I don't know if he realized then yet that as his successor, but following him as his disciple. Mm-hmm. I'm all in to the extent that I'm, you know, hear about, you hear about burning bridges mm-hmm. or whatever, or burning the boats, mm-hmm. you know. I'm all in to the extent that I'm going to destroy my livelihood, the means by which I care for, at least for myself and maybe my family. Right. I'm going to slaughter the oxen. I'm going to burn the, the yoke, the plow, as a way of showing that I'm committed as we should be with Jesus. Wow, that's a good way to wrap that up. I was wondering where you're going. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. In the studio with me today, we're welcoming back Dr. Chris Berkwald. I, I, I feel like I was just here. Just here. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been, we were just talking, you haven't been on Catholic Views just by yourself for a little while. No. I so haven't. it's been almost a year, it I think, have... when I looked back. No. Yeah, because you were on with with Father Scott or something. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, and then, but it hasn't been just you. Uh, it has been just me with the guest when I had to pitch it for you when you were oh, out sick. Oh, that's true. This winter, I think, yeah, that spring. was like February. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 As it was a good yeah. thing. You but I you're, so you're right. I have not been the sole guest right for a little while. Like I a didn't realize. I, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So this is going to be a good show. I wanted Doctor Bergwald to come in. Yeah. So want... you decide to mm-hmm. <laughs> spend a year, and you <laughs> want year. to? We need we need a controversial controversial <laughs> subject to talk about. So um, I've been hearing uh, on Catholic radio and on a few different things, um, just some more uh, comments and questions about why women can't be priests. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I think we should talk about this on Catholic views so we can understand why it is the way it is and how we should feel about it. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. So why not? (laughs) Why not? So So, I don't know. That's the, sorry, go ahead. No, um, I don't know how you want to start. But well, to so, me, to me, it seems like we should start with, but it seems like we should start with like, is it a dogma or a doctrine and, and can it be changed? You know, where did this all come from? So however, wherever you want to, you think is best to start. I'm good with so that. So I think that's a good place to start. I, as a prefatory remark, mm-hmm. um, this, I don't know that this is, uh, the most controversial teaching it's of the of church in, in mm-hmm. for the modern era, mm-hmm. but it is definitely one of yeah. them. And it's been more, con- I, I, to be honest, I feel like it was more controversial uh, in the 80s and 90s. People still disagree with it, but there hasn't been as much, even though, as you said, you, you hear about Catholic radio mm-hmm. from time to time, back in the 80s and 90s, there was a, there was a, a, a a lot of conversation around this. Mm-hmm. A lot of questions. I don't. I don't know if I should say there's a big push because that kind of politicizes 
the church uh, in a way that's just right. not real. But like a, a lot of people asking for, yeah. I guess, asking for this, right. uh, for, for women to be yeah. able to be ordained as priests. And it seems like it's happening again in Germany. Oh, with some of the German yeah, bishops. Yeah, so some of that, I think some of that is is bringing this back up. It's probably true. In a different and, way. And to be honest, I don't know that's ever gone away right. in Germany. Um, I remember when I was, um, uh, I did a study abroad in Austria in the mid nineties uh, during college. And in the German speaking nations, uh, the, there were a number of different move, uh, groups that were advocating for a whole number of changes in church teaching. Mm-hmm. One of them was this. This is where Martin Luther Started his. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yes, so it but, se- but it Joseph seems Ratzinger like also can't. I, mean, <laughs> I know, I know, but it seems like if there's going to be some sort of changes desired or some sort of push, it often emanates from the German from the Germans. Now, I'm, I don't want to go off on a tangent about yeah, that. Yeah, you're bad mouthing the Germans, but let's not talk about that anymore. Thanks a lot. Just gonna drop Dr. that bomb Chris and then Brunfeld. walk away. Jeez. So, yeah, well, walking anyway, away from that back bomb. Back to the topic. Uh, so actually, I, I think to, in uh, sort of where you were going with the question, before we, doctrine versus dogma, I think it's important to, to make another distinction. Um, doctrines in the church versus practices in yeah, the church. Because yeah. like, this is kind of behind um, the question that many Catholics have about, well, c- can this change? Why right. can't it change? This sort of thing. So in the church, it's a, there are a number of distinctions we, we make, but one of them is between the 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 formal teachings of the church mm-hmm. um doc, called doctrines mm-hmm. and that's the the big and within doctrines there's different kind different levels of doctrines we'll get to that uh, I'm sure in a little while um so there's teachings the doctrines this is what we believe by faith but then there's the practices right. um and and the practices uh are are things that can almost always be changed right. because a lot, not all of them, but a lot of them um, are are just human in origin. And that includes celibacy, correct? Yeah. Is, so, a, is right. actually a practice, so not a doctrine. Practice, yes. Yeah, so the idea of a celibate priesthood mm-hmm. is not a teach, a, technically it's a teaching, it's not a teaching of the church. Right. Um, it's not a doctrine, it's a practice. Right. This is something that is asked of men in the in the Western church, the mm-hmm. Latin rite, um, and even there, there are some exceptions there. So that that is something that's mm-hmm. okay. Something that's changeable. Another example, I think, for people um, of a certain age, um, older than you and I, so our our parents mm-hmm. probably, um, they went through the changes after Vatican II, where mass had been for their entire lives, and in fact for centuries, celebrated first of all in the Latin language, right. and secondly uh, with the priest and the people facing the same direction. Right. The, the everyday way that's put is the priest with his back to the people. Right. Well, then, I mean, pretty quickly, I mean, literally from um, the last Sunday of the church year in November of 1969 to the first Sunday of Advent in many places, all of a sudden, and obviously things had to be, but that's when the formal implementation Mm -hmm. happened of where now the mass is said in the local language, Mm -hmm. by and large, so English in our case, um, and where the priest is now uh, on the other side of the altar, a freestanding altar, Mm -hmm. um, and both the priest and the people are facing the altar together. So it looks like the priest is now facing the people. Mm -hmm. Um, So people, again, thinking of people uh, who grew up with that, all those changes. um, And as we just said, things like a celebrate, well, that's not a, that's not, that can change. That could theoretically change. So why can't we change the practice of the non-admission of women 
into the priesthood. Because that's not a practice. Because it's not a practice. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, this, so, so, it's, so it's, a, it's a doctrine, it's a teaching. Right. Well, so, well, that's, con- some people might, well, that's convenient. So the things that you don't want to change, we're just going to call those doctrines. That is what it sounds like, it does. isn't it? Yeah. it totally, but yeah. that's, that's just, that's not the case. There are, because the doctrine is a doctrine because it was taught, given to us by, it was, by God. It came down from Jesus and the yeah. apostles. Yeah. So, so the, the, the biblical roots, the basis for uh, why why the Catholic priesthood is reserved to men alone is because the priesthood uh, originates, of course, with Jesus himself, but the first priests were the apostles. Right. And all of the apostles were men. Yes. Now, we know that there were women among Jesus' disciples. Right. We know that many times the women caught on to things that Jesus was saying before the men. Right. We know that Jesus had no compunction about overturning sort of cultural norms and expectations Mm -hmm. about how men and women interacted. Mm -hmm. And for me, most importantly, we also know that the greatest of Jesus's disciples was not Peter, was not Paul, was not John, the beloved disciple, the apostle. The greatest disciple of Jesus Christ then and for all time is his mom, mm-hmm. Mary. Mm-hmm. And neither Mary, Mary, her, uh, the mother of Jesus, nor Mary Magdalene, mm-hmm. nor any of those faithful women who followed Jesus, uh, Martha and Mary, um, none of them were, uh, were uh, chosen by Jesus as apostles. Right. And therefore, uh, none of them were among the, the initial New Testament priesthood. Right. Do you think it's possible? I'm going to throw another bomb. Please. Do you think it's possible that the apostles just wrote that out of the Bible? Oh, okay. So they, they just question. literally didn't write that in there because of the norms of the time. Yeah. I want to answer that question in just a, a minute, but I, uh, this is another prefatory uh, remark I meant to say earlier. I think it's, I'm glad you actually, I'm glad you're raising this question mm-hmm. because I do think it's important. I tell people all the time, I've said it before on Catholic views. You hear me say all the time in uh, the context. It's important to ask questions mm-hmm. about our faith, um, and and if you're wondering about something, and if you can't figure it out, to ask somebody yeah. else. Yeah. So we shouldn't hide from controversial mm-hmm. topics no. like this one. That's why I wanted to talk others. about exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you for yeah. doing that. Um, so did the is it possible that the um, authors of the New Testament, because they were all men, mm-hmm. uh, is it possible that they wrote that out? Theoretic. Okay. If that's the case, then that means the Holy Spirit was not in charge of inspiring. That's true. Oh, I never thought of that. So you're you're disbelieving in divine right. inspiration if that's the case. Right. Secondly, though, if if the apostles or, or, or if, if if the authors of the New Testament, some of whom were apostles, were interested in uh, removing anything that they didn't like, they left a lot of stuff in there that makes them look really bad. Like the women discovering that Jesus wasn't in the tomb. Exactly. You wouldn't do that. <laughs> right. Like the apostles repeatedly looking stupid. Like Jesus, like, you know, face palm emoji. Yeah. Um, like they, they left all sorts of other things that make them look bad. Right. Peter, the greatest, the prince of the apostles, denying Jesus three times. Mm -hmm. If they were going to selectively, so again, setting aside the whole issue of divine inspiration or not aside, if the apostles were going to edit out things in their favor, they chose some funny things to leave in. Right. All right. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Dr. Chris Bergwald about why only men can be priests. So 
What is the biblical support? So, so it's, it's what I so it, what I was so Jesus chose okay. men okay. only at and that goes that goes to the heart of it. Okay. okay, so Jesus only chose, and it's been the constant the constant teaching of the church that this is in fact a teaching that it's a doctrine, right? Because the, the the direction the priest faces, the language of the mass, the celibacy or not to the priest, mm-hmm. all those things have varied throughout history. Right. The, the first mass was in Aramaic, right? And then Greek, Latin yeah. was not the dominant uh, right. La- the beginning. language of the mass for, for centuries. Right. Um, the yeah, so so the, the all sorts of the things that are in fact practices and not doctrine have varied over time. The things that are doctrine, though, um, as you would expect, they don't change right. because the nature of a doctrine is not that the church just made this up, but we've received our conviction as Catholics is that every doctrine we believe was revealed by God through mm-hmm. his church. Mm-hmm. So it's true. And if it was true 2000 years ago, it's got to be true today. Otherwise, right. it's not a truth. Right. Truth doesn't change with the times. Right. Right. It's constant. Right. Okay, so if you are a Catholic who does not agree with this doctrine, who yep. doesn't believe it, are you outside are you like not in communion with the church? Oh, what what is that's a, like that's can a, you can you disagree with the doctrine? Yeah, so um and still be Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that's a good question. I I'm, I'm going to approach that question uh this way. So it's always been so it's always been a doctrine that's been taught by the church. But uh and I mentioned to you this before uh when we were talking about this as a topic. Mm-hmm. What we see throughout history uh time and time again uh, is that there's a certain there's 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 a, a belief a doctrine a truth um, that's j- just normal generally universally held mm-hmm. but never really never really investigated right. never really questioned right. until it is <laughs> um, and so so there might be a belief that's always held and then for some reason somebody comes along who really starts to question and even challenge. Mm-hmm. And like explicitly and publicly disagree and draw other people around, usually himself, right. disagreeing with this what had always been believed. Mm-hmm. So the, the one of the best examples of this is in the early church, where there the uh, the question of Jesus's divinity. Mm-hmm. Christians always believed that Jesus was God, but there was a priest, and then he became a bishop named Arius in Egypt, right. uh, and Arius. Uh, for for understandable, he wasn't like an evil med scientist, but he started to question and then publicly teach that in fact Jesus was the greatest of God's creatures, mm-hmm. but he was a creature and not the creator himself. Bad areas, bad areas. <laughs> so what the church did is not come up first. First, the church did not come up with some uh, what was some theological heavy lifting and really in depth theological analysis and unpacking of the new Testament, Mm -hmm. like really going deep into theology to explain so that Arius would recant and accept what the church said. The order was actually the opposite. Mm -hmm. No, this is what we've always believed. This is true. And that was definitively taught by the council of Nicaea from which we get Mm -hmm. the Nicene creed. Mm -hmm. And then in the decades to follow, uh, theologians, bishops, priests spent time trying to understand, okay, why is this true? We always believed it was true. Oh, right. We always believed it was true. Arius has come along. He's challenged it. We've affirmed 
because we always believe we've affirmed, no, this is true. But how do we answer these questions? How do we answer these real questions that Arius and others right. are asking? How do we explain and defend what we've always believed? Mm-hmm. So that sort of unpacking, explanation, elaboration of the of the always held doctrine comes after the doctrine is right. firmly defined. So where normally we are, we are always doing the we're do- swap. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so what we yeah, tend opposite. we presume is well, convince me and then I'll believe. Right. It. Right. Explain it to me and then I'll believe. And that's a natural. And that's probably good for a lot of things. Yes. But when it when it comes to what God tells us is exactly. true, exactly. we have to look at it differently. Exactly. So in so in in whether it's Jesus' divinity or um the priesthood being reserved to men alone, we know that it's true. Right. But this has never really been questioned throughout the history of the church until, frankly, the mid-late 20th century. Right. I mean, there, there was well, that was just taken to be the case, yeah. and it started to be questioned. And I think we'll we'll get into yeah. some of the why. Why do you? Why, yeah. Why do you think that so is? I, I, I think mean, that's because of the cultural reality of a society looking at the relationship between men and women. Right. So I think there's a well, and I I said this before, and so I probably will throw another bomb. But I think that that um, the feminist movement had a lot to do with it, not entirely, but that ha- certainly had some things to do with it. Right and and, um, and yeah and what does it mean to be the part of the complica- the, com- the the complexity here is when you say the feminist movement yeah. what does that mean the desire I mean, for women to be equal in men and every equal meaning be able to do everything the same and everything yeah, and that right there which is different than true feminism right exactly there's an authentic feminism which yeah. the Catholic Church has always embraced yes. and frankly championed yes I mean just real quick in the early church. Many of the early converts outside of Judaism, as, as the church grew and spread, mm-hmm. many of the early, the way that the gospel usually spread throughout nations like the Roman Empire, uh, kingdoms and so, empires, actually it appealed to uh, women and the lower working classes sure. and even slaves first, yep. because it said that there's a fundamental dignity that every human being, mm-hmm. every human being is, no matter their status in society. Mm-hmm. And there was definitely a, a, a patriarchalism in much right. of the civilized world. Right. So women were the were oftentimes the first to embrace uh, the the Catholic Christian mm-hmm. faith, um, so so this this doctrine of uh, priesthood for men alone was never really questioned until yeah this sort of more modern mm-hmm. twist on we had to mess feminism. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, some of the some of the early advocates of this sort of modern feminism, um, secular feminism, some of the early advocates and and, and thinkers behind it were men. Oh sure, of so course. it wasn't. It wasn't like it was, you know, just bad thinking women. It was also <laughs> right. bad thinking men right. behind right. this. Anyway, so I think because of that, uh, yeah, that's why. Well, it seems unjust, right. uh, unjust discrimination for priesthood to be for men alone. Mm-hmm. But the church has always said that. And I want to make sure, uh, just because I know we're going to yeah. start running out of time, I want to make sure and make reference to a, 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 a one theologian in particular and her book. Okay. Uh, so Sister sister Sarah Butler, uh, and I believe Sister's still alive. She's been a theologian. She was appointed to the International Theological Commission in the Vatican mm. um, ooh, 10, 20 years ago now. Okay. She, in the 70s and through the 80s, was an advocate for women's ordination. Oh, she okay. advocated that there be uh, women priests, priestesses. Sure. Uh, uh, and then as she prayed and as she studied the issue more deeply, she changed her mind. Mm. And her the, the book that was published in, uh, a few years ago, written by her, The Catholic Priesthood and Women, A Guide to the Teaching of the Church. Wow. 
So, so what I said earlier about the definition comes, the affirmation comes, and then the explanation mm-hmm. and the answering the questions, that's what's happening. That's what's happened, yeah. to be honest, with the question of a male-only priesthood. So as I said, uh, 70s, 80s, and into the 90s, a lot of questions about this. In 1996, John Paul II wrote a relatively short document, mm-hmm. um, Ordinatio uh, Sacerdotalis, uh, in which he said that uh, and, and sort of explained um, uh, in, a, in a definitive way that the priesthood is for men alone. Um, and, he, and he didn't do a lot. I mean, John Paul II with a lot of things would really do that. Right, but right. this document was sort of a sort of just the, the bare bones affirmation and it was left to others. And he did this to some degree, but others like Sister Sarah right. Butler to explain the why. Yeah. And this goes back to another question you asked earlier. That 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 affirmation that JP two made in order not to such a totalis um, is is to be held infallibly. Um, so it, it is a level of a, it's dogma mm-hmm. that that the priesthood is for men alone. So going to your question about what what if I have questions? So there's there's a difference between me like I I just don't understand this. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's 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 one thing. But is there an openness there? Like I don't get this, but I'm going along, and it's sort of internally wrestling with it is right. one thing. And and, and I, we, we're all, we're called to give though internal assent to everything that the church formally teaches. Mm-hmm. So I think we, if we can say, you know, okay, I know the church teaches it, so I'm going to accept it, but I'm really asking questions. That's, that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. Where it gets into more problematic areas is where I reject this teaching. Right. Right. Uh, to be a Catholic means to accept everything that God has revealed to us through His Church. Mm-hmm. Again, it's one thing to like I, to 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 recognize that we struggle with certain teachings, right. to to ponder why are they true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another thing to just dissent, right? To right. reject, right? The Church's teaching because you, with that, that you're rejecting the Church's authority. And, and, and it gets a lot messier when right. we go that route. Right. Um, we aren't going to have time to get to this, but um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, maybe we can put this on ignition or something sometime, but is um, like, should should women feel bad and oh. feel slighted? And what is what is the role of women and and the important right. role of women in the church? So we don't really have time to get to that. So I don't know if that's... Yeah, so I, I think my answer, should women feel bad? No, I understand why many of them do. Right. I mean, I just, I pulled up a letter um, that I had sent to a woman in her diocese a number of years ago, and she was just really struggling with the church's teaching on mm-hmm. this question. Uh, and I kind of walked through some of the things that I said biblically, look at Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary Magdalene. Um, we see the exalt... So, we we tend to mm, I'll say this when I have time to back it. We tend <laughs> to equate status in the church with power, right? And that's not right. Mary. But yeah, we need to talk about that. Mother Teresa. Yeah. yeah, I mean, probably the most well known and in some way the most effective evangelist of the mm-hmm. 20th century. Mm-hmm. You can make an argument for JP too, but you can make just as much of an argument for Mother yep. Teresa, who was quote unquote just a nun, right? Not a priest, not a bishop, not a pope, <laughs> just a nun in India, right? Right. Yeah. Very good stuff, Dr. B. Uh, Sorry we didn't have time to get more in there, but 20 minutes is short. Amen, sister. All right. Thanks a lot. You bet. All right. If you uh, want to find out more about our diocese or um, find out mass times, um, check out our podcasts or Bishop's homilies. You can find us at sfcatholic.org anytime. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. Music.